0: Momentum is also a very big thing in racing, and when you come off of something like what we're seeing Chase Elliott do, it has to give him a nod as far as momentum on his side. Four road course wins in a row. Chase Elliott's going to do it again at the Roval. Great job, guys. Great job. Awesome job. Appreciate it. Great job, guys. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We're taking the green flag on yet another episode. Coming down to the end of this season, on this week's episode, we will be recapping the Roval. How did we do? Spoiler alert. We did pretty well. Then the main focus of this week's episode, we're moving on to cookie cutter country. That's right. Some mile and a half in our future. And we're starting this week with Kansas. We're going to break down our money line picks for Kansas, then get into some props and some top tens and some head to heads, just like always. So Kansas is in our windshield this week. See if we can do as good as we did last week at the Roval. And then, at the very end, in the Phil's Fired Up section, we're going to talk about the playoff breakdown. They made some new cuts. we got eight guys left, so we're going to talk about just the playoffs in general and also some bets that would be nice to have if anybody out there is listening. So, just a jam-packed episode here, coming up, talking about Kansas and the rest of it. So, let's start, as always, looking backwards. And in this case, I'm smiling as we're looking back this week. Charlotte Roval. What a performance by Chase Elliott, the guy that we called out first last week as our money line pick. It's tough to bet on chalk, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that this week. But Chase, he is like the chalk of chalks at these road courses, and he just doesn't disappoint. That's right, he sweeps the road courses this year. He went down to Daytona and got it done, and he's got four in a row now. I mean, he's just the guy, and... You know, when you're betting on guys like that, it's a little nerve wracking at first because you're going to have to put up a lot more money to really see a, a big benefit from it. You know, it's not cashing in on a long shot uh, type of feel to it, but it still feels really good. Actually, it probably feels a little bit better. When you double down, triple down on a guy, and he just comes through for you. So really great to see that. He's just too good, and I don't know how they're going to stop him next year with six road courses. My goodness. Love to see a season bet to start the the season. How many road course wins will Chase Elliott have over under? I would probably set it at two and a half and – see what goes there. But in any case, it was a solid race all around. I mean, the rain played a a big factor early on, and I thought it was really cool to see them adjust. I I love tracks that kind of force them to think about things a little bit differently than we're used to seeing. And in that case, how they dealt with the rain tires was a big deal big storyline in the race. And I thought that the crew chiefs played that really well to to see the guys like the Elliot's and the the favorites, Martin Truexes of the the world, have to battle through that and, and get up front you know, you saw the difference that it made with Ty Dillon just cruising to the front after the rain stopped or the the wetness on the track stopped. And uh, the 13 got the the slick tires and went right through the field to win stage one. I mean, that was just crazy to see. So very cool. I think in the future, when we come up to these road courses uh, early in the week, uh, a nice prop bet would be, will they use rain tires at all? That would be a a cool bet to think about. Obviously, be looking at the forecast, but In any case, something to consider for next year, maybe sports books if you're listening. Boyer. I mean, let's talk about Boyer. He was our long shot guy, and he would have cashed in, I I think, a big ticket, if I'm remembering correctly. Fox bet on race day had him at plus 2,200. Uh, DraftKings had him at like plus 1,400. So, big discrepancy there for Boyer on the money lines. But I had him at plus 2,200, and he was cruising in stage one. Kind of let us down a little bit. But he did make it fun. It was nice to, you know, picture what that payout would have looked like. But great race all around, and they did knock out four guys. And and Kurt Busch uh, advancing, but his brother Kyle not. That was uh, something that I don't think a lot of people saw at the beginning of the round. Kind of happy to have Kyle out of it just because I'm kind of sick of the the attitude that he's had and just the overall storyline around that. You know what I mean? It's just not his season, it seems like, so, you know, we'll move on. But the other guys, I mean, Austin, that storyline comes in the underdog story. Austin Dillon, Clint Boyer, it would have been nice if he got that win. But now that he's going to the Fox broadcast booth, as we predicted a few weeks back, um, you know, kind of sad to see him go out like that. He looked just devastated. That's a meme waiting to happen. Uh, that picture of him in the car outside of the car, just exhausted. So once again, the Roval. Does not disappoint. I mean, I'm glad that that is a cutoff race for the playoffs. I'm glad that it's on the schedule. It just gives you something new to look forward to. And it didn't disappoint. So very well done there by Charlotte. But now we will look ahead to Kansas. And like always, we got to start when we talk about a, a track upcoming. We got to talk about the Sean Boy track stats. So looking at this racetrack, 29 races in the past. And six times the winner has started from the pole. Harvick in 2018 was the last time it happened, but only six times overall. Starting in the top five, 13 out of 29 times. That's just under 50%. And then starting in the top 10, the winner started there 17 times. So pretty standard. You know, I, I think it's basically what you would regularly see on a mile and a half track. Outside of the top 20, the winner has started outside of the top 23 times out of 29 races. Now, it did happen recently, though. Denny Hamlin did it from, I think, the 23rd spot uh, just last year. So it can be done. It has been done, and it was recently. So looking at the manufacturer, I mean, we try to find trends here, and there really isn't much of a a pattern or anything like that. Good mix between the three of them, but I will say that Toyota kind of soft dominates this. Five out of the last 10 races were won by Toyota drivers, but it's not like a consistent streak type of deal. If you just look a little harder, look between the lines, you'll see that Toyota has won 50% of the last 10 races. So good stuff from them and just good tracks. That's overall. Hamlin has won the last two races here. So the question that I think is going to be on everybody's mind, is he going to win three races in a row at the same track? That's going to be very hard to do, but he's kind of set up to do it. So very interesting this week heading into that. We did race here earlier this year. Hamlin won that race, obviously, but it was a midweek race. It was kind of weird coming off the COVID restarted season. And, you know, we didn't have a full episode about it because we didn't have the lines for that race yet. So we put out kind of like the, the feelers, the leans towards the Kansas track and, um, yeah, I mean, we did not call Denny out in that race, so you know, we'll see. So the strategy, looking at the odds, there are two guys as the heavy favorites, and there's no surprise who they are, but then there's a group of about five to eight guys that are all within the same realm of you know their odds, and then it's a huge jump to the rest of the field. So it's about like plus 400, a couple guys, it's Hamlin and Harvick going off as the favorites on the money line, drops to about... 1,400 or so, and then it just skyrockets to about 2,000, 2,500. Um, Very crazy. So the strategy this week, I'm not really messing around. I don't think that this is a racetrack where you're going to have a a crazy winner. So I'm really going chalkish, is what I call it. I'm not going to go hard chalk, but chalk-ish. And I'll talk about why I'm saying that here as we go through the winners. That doesn't mean I don't have a, a wildcard pick. I do have one, but tune into the prop bet section for that because for my money lines, I'm going to stay, you know, in that group of about five to eight guys. So let's start with my first money line pick. And it's going to be, you know, if we want to talk about chalk, My strategy is when you're looking at Harvick or Hamlin, you have to choose one. If you're going to bet on one of the favorites, you can't bet both. You know, it just doesn't behoove you as the gambler to do that. If you're spreading your money around, you want to pick a guy like Hamlin or Harvick and then go with a a guy further down the list with some better odds for you. So in this case, comparing the two, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Plus 400 is his odds. This is the man with all of the stats when we're looking at this racetrack. And when you compare it to Denny, you know, he just stands out to you when you're digging into the numbers here. And I also don't think Denny is going to repeat, sorry, three-peat. I mean, that's just so much harder to do. So looking at the last 10 races for Kevin Harvick, two wins, five top fives, seven top tens. He won 2018 in the spring from the poll, like we said, and he also won the 2016 fall playoff race. So pretty good there. And I mentioned he's the man with all the numbers and all the stats. He's first across the board at all of our common stats that we look at each week. So for driver rating out of everyone, he's first 108.6 is his driver. rating. that is very good on any racetrack. And it's really what you want to see on a mile and a half. Then average finish. talking about all-time average finish, he's first in that category, 9.6 for his career. And then in the last 10 races, it goes even better for him, 6.9. And that, again, is first on the circuit. So just really good stuff. And it just makes it easy for you, really, because like I said, I'm not a guy who's going to bet on both favorites. I'm choosing one and then spreading my money out down the list. So when you're, putting them up head to head, how can you not take the guy who is first in every category? It just makes sense to you. Now, another stat that we're going to be looking at throughout this podcast as we make our picks is the driver on every mile and a half so far this year. I've collected those stats, I actually put them out there on Instagram at full tank fill for you to look at to help us, you know, looking at the average For 2020, because you can look at you know the history at Kansas. Obviously, we we look at those stats pretty heavily, but I also want to put the 2020 lens on it, how they're doing. Well, Harvick is also very good on mile and a half so far this year. He's third out of everyone in NASCAR on mile and a half this year. His average finish is 8.1. And we've gone to nine racetracks that are mile and a halves, and he has eight top tens. And the one that he doesn't have a top 10 on is Homestead, which a lot of people could argue that should be kind of not included in this list because of the way the track is set up and tire wear, etc. But we're including Homestead in it. So he finished 26 on that race, eight out of nine races, a top 10 finish. That's the kind of guy I want. We know he's going to be up front. It just seems like he's a given to make to the next round. So why not or make to the championship? So why not just do it now? So I'm choosing Chalk, He's the guy and the odds to boot. I mean, plus 400, they're not too bad. Plus Plus is uh, pretty solid for a guy that this is, or is that good at a racetrack. So mark it down the four car plus 400. It's going to get us started. Now, moving on to the next guy who, this is a guy who jumped out to me. Sound like Chris Collinsworth. This is a guy who kind of jumped off the page to me because his value is the best that I'm going to see here in this money line segment of the podcast. Plus 800, For Brad Keselowski, this is really the perfect example of when I'm looking at the odds when they come out and then kind of cross-referencing them with the stats, I'm looking for, you know, what doesn't add up. And when you're looking at the stats for Kansas, this doesn't really add up. I mean, he's further down in the odds list. Plus 800 is a really good value for the two car this week. So he's my favorite value pick right now he's got solid numbers so it's worth the investment here in his last 10 races one win three top fives six top tens he won last year 2019 spring race so not very far from where we sit just a few races ago brad keselowski was in victory lane his driver rating seventh on the board it's 92.8 so i mean it's not kevin harvick numbers but for plus 800 i mean seventh overall that's not too bad And looking at his average finish in his last 10 races, it's fifth on the board, 11.4. So very good stats there as far as the the basic driver rating, average finish stuff. That's what we want to see. He needs to be in the top 10 in order for us to take him. And leading laps, he's led laps in four straight races. So he knows what it's like to be out front. Got that clean air and that prairie desert air. You got to love that. So also another stat that we sort of touch on, you know, every now and then, most points earned. All right. Brad is fifth in that category in the last 10 races, which sometimes, you know, you point to that and you say, that's a, that's a good stat to go off of because it's guys that are, you know, they're capturing, they're making the most of their day, really. They're capturing what they can. So now we go to really the reason why he stands out to me, mile and a half tracks this season. He's second out of everyone with an average finish of 7.4 the only person he trails is his teammate ryan blaney so it's within the family over there at penske he's also eight of nine for finishing in the top 10 on those nine tracks we've gone to so far this year and the one that he didn't he finished 13th at las vegas the most recent mile and a half so he got that out of his way he's gonna get back up there and potentially here in victory lane so finished second at kansas in the spring all right so he just missed it coming off of a win last year, I mean, Kansas is just one that he's got good numbers at. So he has better stats than the plus 800 value would tell you. So putting that 2020 lens on it, you know, with the playoff picture, Brad's looking around saying, hey, you know, Martinsville is kind of a crapshoot. I don't know how good he is at Texas, uh, you know, without doing the research, but digging into Kansas here, I mean, they have to have this circled as a event that they need to do well at, if not win and cash in and make it to the championship. So mark me down for the two car, plus 800, really good value there. And if you search around, you might be able to get them at a better value. Now, the last guy I'm going to call out for our money line segment is someone that I'm a little hesitant on. All right, we'll talk about why, but his name is Martin Truex Jr., MTJ, as they call him. His value is plus 550 on DraftKings right now, pretty good compared to you know what his numbers are are saying right now for him because he has good stats here but looking at just the the current situation first he's a total question mark for me all right he's in the playoffs but he's below the cut line right now at Kansas he's pretty good but his season is just so weird like he has solid finishes week in and week out but just can't get that victory we've bet on him multiple times in these money line segments as the year's gone on but he just can't get that victory since earlier in the year. All summer and all fall, we've been waiting on him to you know, smash through again, but just hasn't done it. But looking at Kansas, this could be a spot for him. So let's take a look. In his last 10 races, two wins, five top fives, six top tens. He's had back-to-back wins here. So in 2017, he swept the year at Kansas. Very good. He's coming off of six out of the last seven races he's finishing the top 10 at Kansas. So you got to love that. His driver rating here compared to everyone else is fourth on the circuit, 100.7. Anytime your driver rating is above 100, that's a track that you must be good at because that's taking so much into consideration. And his average finish compared to everyone else is second. That's such a big deal when we come to these mile and a halfs because it's just such a technical type of race. So to have that you know, kind of a feather in your hat. 7.7 is his average finish. That's what is good enough for a second. So very good stuff. And then when you put the 2020 stats together for mile and a half race tracks, he's fifth on the circuit. His average finish this year on mile and a half is 9.8. He's finished in the top 10, six out of nine races and kind of up and down. You know, if you look at the list of mile and a half tracks, his finishes are kind of all over the place. So uh, to you know, He's had some bad ones is what I'm getting at. So to have an average finish of fifth is pretty darn good. And earlier this year in the spring, he finished third. So great stuff here for Martin Truex Jr. I was hesitant to take him just because you're like, man, this guy, he, he's never going to get a win. But now this is the first time in a while now where they've been kind of in a little bit more of a pressure situation. They're finding themselves below the cut line right now. So they're looking at each other like, wow, you know, what are we doing? We got to do something big here. So maybe that's the the kick in the pants they need. I'm going to look on the weekend because that's when some of the more uh, detailed bets come out, like top fives. You know, they they don't come out early in the week when we record this podcast, but maybe Friday, Saturday, the top five lines will come out. And I think I'm definitely going to take Truex to finish in the top five as well as, you know, the plus 550 here to win the race. So uh, mark it down, 19 car plus 550 MTJ will finish out the Moneyline segment of this week's podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on to the prop bet section where we always start talking about picks that we like for the top 10. So that's all we need these guys to do. Just pick up a top 10 and we cash in. And we're going to start with a guy. It's a perfect segue from the Moneyline picks to the top 10s because we're going to start with Kurt Busch. And the reason why we're starting with Kurt, his top 10 odds are minus 125. So, you know, we're giving up a little bit of juice there for Kurt Busch but I really like that pick for the top 10. But i it's a segue because if you want a long shot pick to win the race, Kurt Busch is mine. I'm going to throw a tiny bit of money down on him at plus 2,500 to win the race. And the reason for all of that, the reason why I like him to finish in the top 10 and maybe even a moonshot flyer to win the race is for all of this stuff here. So He is kind of the underdog story that's left in the playoffs. I guess you could consider Alex Bowman in there as well. But at Kansas, his stats are sneaky good. So if you look at average finish, he's fourth out of everyone at Kansas in the last 10 races. 8.9 is his average finish. That's all we need. Finish in the top 10, 8.9. That'll get it done. And if you look at 2020 season, average finish on mile and a half racetracks, he's fourth on that list as well. So very, very sneaky here for that one car, all right? They're trying to flow below the fly below the radar, I think, and I think they like it that way. They secured themselves in with a win at Las Vegas. You know what kind of racetrack that was? An intermediate mile and a half racetrack. So this value, this plus 2,500 to win the race, this minus 125 to finish in the top 10, all of that stuff to me is worth it. Kurt they're in the playoffs. If they're going to do something here, this is a racetrack where, you know, they really need to step up. I mean, there's no more waiting around for that one team, that Chip Ganassi team. I think they're a little happy to be there, and we're going to talk about them, you know, later in the Phil's Fired Up section. But this week, gambling on that one car, I like both top 10 and small amount of money on Moneyline to win the race. And even in addition to that, I mean, Talk about daily fantasy. Kurt Bush has to be a play in your daily fantasy lineup this coming week because of these stats. I would, you know, the the values aren't out yet for the daily fantasy rosters, but I would imagine that he'll be right around that median mark, that eighty-three hundred dollar mark. I would take him if he's up around, you know, nine thousand too. So Kurt Bush, one car. I like him very much this week at Kansas. I think they need to do something, and I think he'll pull through for us. So now we'll move on to another guy who is sneaky good. This is something that I'm just confused about, and I'm going to talk it out here on this platform. Eric Jones going off at plus 100 to finish in the top 10. I don't understand what's going on with Eric Jones. How does this guy not have a ride for next year? They barely gave him a shot at Joe Gibbs, and they took his ride away from him so quickly. I just don't understand it. Week in and week out, He is up there in these stats. So not only that, you know, we'll get to his Kansas stats, which are surprising, but he's ripping off a run right now. Since he lost his ride, he's been playing or driving very well. Four straight top tens, five of the last six races he's finished in the top ten. We were on Eric Almirola when he was on that streak earlier this year. He's our new Eric Almirola. I mean, shit, we'll probably take him next week too. But looking at Kansas, his average finish is 11 89.9. That is seventh out of everybody in the last 10 races. Very good numbers here. His driver rating is 89.4. That's good enough for 10th out of everyone on the circuit. 10th. He is top 10 in driver rating at this racetrack. So just good numbers here. And this guy is a free agent. I don't get it. Seven starts at Kansas, five straight top 10 since he joined that 20 car he has finished in the top 10 every single time. So why wouldn't we take him at plus 100? The odds don't make sense here. We're going to cash in on this one. He finished fifth in the spring. So all of that is a perfect resume for someone to take Eric Jones here this weekend to finish in the top 10. I love it. I think he's still auditioning for this ride and it's just playing out really well for us as the gambler who are, you know, following along, betting on him every week. So Market in that 20 car while he still has it, plus 100. Now we're going to get to another guy, our last top 10 pick here. And this is kind of a, a long shot because it's kind of tough to find guys. In this top 10 section, I like taking guys who are plus money. It's always tough to give up the juice, but still going down the list, it's tough to find guys who are, you know, better value in this mile and a half type of racetrack. Tyler Reddick is someone who kind of jumps out to you as hey let's just take a shot on a guy so he's going off at plus 135 so pretty good value there now his average finish is 11th he's only raced here twice and in the spring in 2020 he finished 13th now something that was kind of surprising to me 2019 he actually got a shot at cup racing in the 31 car for rcr as a third vehicle and went out there and scored a top 10. He finished ninth. So, pretty good stuff there for the youngster. I mean, the rookie here is having a good season. So, all we need is a top 10 in this case, and he's in better equipment, arguably, than that third car would have been back last year in the spring. And the thing about Tyler Reddick is, when you're looking at mile-and-a-halves this season, this 2020 season in cup, we do have some data on him. And He is ranked 11th out of everyone on mile-and-a-half racetracks. His average finish is 13.7. Three top 10s already this season on mile-and-a-half tracks out of those nine races we've had. So, all in all, good stuff. So, when you're betting on someone with some longer odds to finish in the top 10, you're going to have to give up the fact that it's not a sure thing here. But I like what I'm seeing out of this guy in the eight car. I mean, you hear him on the radio talking about each race. Um... He just has a good attitude. He's already signed up for next year in that eight car. So he's very comfortable. He's in the spot that he likes. He's obviously doing very well this year. So mark it down. I mean, if you're looking for more of a longer shot for the top 10, I think Tyler Reddick's your guy. I feel like if you're going to see some wonky names finishing in that top 10, he's one that could jump up at you. So just to recap, and, and by the way, Daily Fantasy, he's absolutely a must-have, I think. I think just from his stats so far this year on top or uh, mile and a half racetracks. I like them. Mark it down the eight car. So just to recap, it's Kurt Busch, the one car minus 125. Eric Jones in the 20 car plus 100. And like we just said, Tyler Reddick plus 135 all to finish in the top 10. So that's those. But we still have some true props we could talk about here. So let's start with a couple easy ones over under. The number this week is a little bit different than we're used to. Over under 10.5. So here, the sports books clearly trying to eliminate Denny Hamlin from the conversation. Over 10.5 is minus 157. All right, that's a little bit too much for me. The under 10.5 plus 120. So I already said that I like Kevin Harvick to win the race. I also called out Brad Keselowski. Both those guys are under 10 and a half. So I always like trying to take the underdogs in these little weasel matchups here. So I'm going to go with the under 10.5. It's a tough one, but I like the odds. Minus, or sorry, plus 120 we're getting here for under 10.5. Now we get to the odd or even conversation. So it's kind of tough to talk about it because we are talking odd even and we're talking about the odds for it, but um, even car number is going off at minus 139. The odd car number is plus 105. So obviously, you know, we're looking at it. I, I called out two guys who are driving even number vehicles, looking at who would be winning the race. If you did take odd, who you'd be cheering for? Well, you'd cheer for Truex. You'd be cheering for Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, You know, those guys are the ones that are really going to get it done for you if you're cheering for the odd, which is the underdog. But the thing is, I don't think that, oh, and Denny Hamlin, by the way, too, plus 105 as the underdog in this one just isn't enough for me. So I think I'm going to take the even on this one, minus 139, It's just not enough. I really like the even to win this matchup here. And just thinking about it, I mean, if you were a Kevin Harvick fan or you somebody that really believed in him in this weekend, my goodness, you could really clean up. You could take Harvick, money line. You could take Harvick, top 10, top five, even car number and under 10.5. I mean, that would just be a huge payday for you. So um, I'm not sure if they let you parlay the over unders and the odds or evens, but uh, under and the even would be uh, a very interesting parlay there. You're still getting kizlaski and Harvick in that matchup. So um, I like it, but you're also getting Almirola, who's you know not great on this racetrack. We're not talking about him uh, so far, but um, you would also get him in, in there as well. So otter or even, over, under, those are always fun to kind of mess around with. Now, I want to talk a little bit more seriously about the top Chevy driver. This is an interesting one because... In the last 6 races at Kansas, the top Chevy driver has either been Chase Elliott or Alex Bowman, which the, those are the two guys who are still left in the playoffs. So you'd have to imagine it would be one of those two guys again, right? I mean if, you know, the playoff picture were to unfold the way those guys would like it to, they would be up there. Chase is going off as plus 115 to be the top Chevy driver. He's done it Four out of the last six years, and then Bowman is a big jump to him, plus 550 to be the top Chevy driver. He's done it twice in the last six years. After you get past six, I know you probably say like that's kind of a weird number to to pinpoint, but at that point you're getting into guys like that aren't even around anymore. Kyle Larson, Jamie McMurray, uh, Kevin Harvick driving for Chevy, so it gets a little wonky at that point. But Focusing in, I mean, it's really either one of those two guys, which I found, you know, not surprising, but interesting because they're both still in the playoffs. So I think um, as some some backup, I mean, if you like the longer odds, then Bowman plus 550 is right up your alley there. Um, Plus 115, still pretty solid for me. You know, I, I think I might be looking at Chase in that matchup there. So Uh, And if neither of those guys, you're not loving either of those, then the odds go even more up, you know, if you want to kind of fade that stat a little bit, Kurt Busch plus 600 and then it gets, you know, even more wild at that point, Byron plus 900, Jimmy Johnson plus 1000. So it gets a little out of control past the, the top three guys there, but. Once again, I mean, we're seeing that big drop off from Chase to the next best guy. So plus 550 for Bowman. For those of you out there who like the long odds, because it's not that out of the question. And then the last thing we're going to call out is the manufacturer pick. I'm going to go with the Goldilocks here. Not too cold, not too hot. Right in the middle. Toyota is uh, not the favorite, not the long shot. They're right in the middle. Plus 150. To win the race. Why do I like Toyota in this matchup? Well, we talked about them in the Sean Boy track stats, how they've won five of the last 10 here at Kansas. And if you're taking Toyota, you're getting Martin Truex, you're getting Danny Hamlin, who we haven't called out. Um, You know, we, we said we're taking Harvick over Hamlin, but, you know, it's a little bit of insurance there. And you're also getting Kyle Busch, who is out of the playoffs, but I mean, he's never gone a season without winning a race so you still get that 18 car in there as well and eric jones you know is kind of a throw-in so um i like toyota in this matchup in in the matchup of manufacturers plus 150 the odds are what i'm looking for here so mark me down for toyota in that one and that's going to finish up the prop bet section this week we're gonna be here all day we're gonna be here all day baby i like this kind of party Now we're going to move over to the head-to-head section. I'm dying to get into this area of the podcast. It's just so exciting. Most people love betting on head-to-head matchups just because it's so easy, right? You just got to pick one guy to beat another guy, but it is a little bit more difficult than that. So before we get into the four new matchups that the books have thrown out there to us for the Kansas Speedway, I just want to call out the fact that they have made it available to put together what I've been labeling lottery parlays. Now, what that refers to is taking all of the the head-to-head matchups that you possibly can in a given week in a given sports book and throwing them all into one huge parlay. Now, I'm calling them lottery parlays because the odds that you're getting are astronomical. You can bet just a small amount to win a very large amount. And in my eyes, I feel like you have better chances to win a parlay like that than actually hitting the lottery. So lottery parlays have been all the rage lately. I usually post them on Instagram at Full Tank Phil on race day. But just giving a look right now, recently they've been a little bit better because when you're putting together a parlay, you cannot combine uh, matchups where the same driver is involved, right? So recently they've been avoiding putting out matchups where, you know, the, there's been a duplicate driver, which is good for the lottery parlays. Uh, earlier this year, you know, you'd have Kyle Busch in about four matchups out of a total nine and that really limits the amount of uh, legs you can have your parlay but this week right now there are 10 fresh matchups out there and you can include all of them in a lottery parlay i just went down the list real quick not even looking at who i was taking i just took the favorite in every single one of those matchups 10 matchups and if you put that all together your odds (laughs) sure is a lottery plus 35214 So if you bet a dollar on that ridiculous parlay, you're going to walk away with over 350 bucks. Not bad. And it's a nice little fun thing to do as you're kind of moping around on Sunday morning, trying to get your day going. Uh, I like to, to drink a cup of coffee and just kind of go down the list, adding stuff like that up. So give it a look, lottery parlays, and see who I'm taking this week on Instagram stories. So the other thing that i want to throw out there as we're getting into these picks is i kind of already mentioned one of the matchups so the books right now have harvick versus hamlin out there as the premier matchup and that makes total sense these two are the heavy favorites in this race this weekend and i'm not gonna dive into that as one of the matchups that i you know choose this week because i feel like i've already kind of chosen that right i mean i i took harvick to win on the money line over hamlin now sometimes what i like to do in this situation when we have two guys that are just really good up at the top sometimes i like to take the opposite guy who i've taken on the money line in a parlay so for example i took harvick to win the race Sometimes I, you know, counteract that by maybe taking Hamlin in a, you know, short little parlay situation, kind of hedging the bet, little Hamlin hedge there. Uh, so that's all I'll say. I mean, I, I feel like I've made my point with Harvick over Hamlin, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I wouldn't throw Hamlin into a, a random parlay as I get cooking on Sunday morning. So, with that let's get into some picks. We got four fresh matchups here, and we're going to start by two guys who are in the playoffs. Perfect matchup. We're going to talk about these two in a little bit, and Phil's fired up when we break down some of the playoff action. Alex Bowman versus Kurt Bush. So these are the two guys at the bottom of the totem pole right now with eight drivers left in the playoffs. And I took Kurt to finish in the top 10. And the reason I did that, I mean, when you look at you know kurt versus alex bowman there was actually better odds for kurt as you the gambler uh from your perspective than bowman had so that's why i took kurt in the head and excuse me in the top 10 section i was eyeing up alex bowman to try to take him the odds were just too steep for me and bowman is the favorite in this matchup no surprise because of that so bowman's going off at minus 129 kurt A nice little minus 104 situation here as a slight underdog there. So let's reiterate Kurt's stats here at Kansas. All right, average finish is fourth on the circuit for 8.9 total average finish. His drive rating is 11th at Kansas Speedway. He's got three straight top 10 finishes on mile and a half. He's fourth out of everyone in 2020. Average finish, 9.2. And of those nine races on mile and a half tracks, he has six top 10 finishes. So pretty solid stats. I know we went through them a little bit ago, but just need to reiterate as we compare. So now if we look at Alex Bowman, seven races lifetime, it's really six because he was in the 88 car for six of those races. Uh, One top five, four top tens, not bad. Average finish 12.3. That's good enough for 11. so a big difference there between the two. His driver rating is a big, scary number, all right? 21st out of everyone. That's really kind of surprising when we're talking about somebody like Alex Bowman. So just to compare, Kurtz was 11th, so now it's a huge drop-off in that stat, and that's a stat that we hold in high regard here. So mile-and-a-half racetracks this season, he's 17th out of everyone, Two top 10s out of nine races and his average finish on mile and a half so far this year, 17.2. Not good at all, really, in those stats that were just breaking down, especially when you're comparing them to Kurt. So why is he the favorite? I'm not really sure. So at Kansas, head to head, they've been on the track together seven times. Kurt wins in a best of seven, four to three. Game seven is what it took. But recently, if you want to throw a little bone to Alex Bowman here, he's three and one Bowman is in the four most recent races here. But the key stat for me, I mean, you can look at all that stuff and I was leaning Kurt. Then, you know, you kind of say, well, maybe recently Bowman has his number here, but this season, 2020, Kurt is seven and two versus Alex Bowman. To me, with all of those stats that you had earlier about Kansas, You factor in the mile and a half stuff for 2020 and it really makes sense for me to take the underdog here. I'm going to go with Kurt Busch, minus 106. I mean, you're making out as the gambler here with the underdog pick, better odds. So the stats are there. It's an educated underdog pick. So lock me in for the one car in the top 10, but also in this matchup versus the 88. Now we're going to move to a different type of matchup. All right. Actually, the rest of these, all three of them, are basically three guys who just got eliminated versus people who are already out of playoffs. So we're going to start that set of matchups with Jimmy Johnson versus Clint Boyer. This is such a cool matchup because what we found out last week, Clint is retiring as well. So these are two guys that are both calling it quits. They've got four races left in their full-time NASCAR careers. So... Very cool to see the books identify that and throw them up against each other in this matchup. So the really going to come down to mindset. And I had a way that I was thinking as I wrote some of this stuff down on paper, and I changed my thought process as I was going through it. So Clint Boyer, we'll start with him. He just looked exhausted coming out of the Roval, and and I know I touched on that earlier. But you have to consider how is that going to work for him? you know moving on getting knocked out you know he really worked his way into that position really had a nice shot at it to win that roval last week and it just kind of slipped out of his hands so how is he mentally you know is he going to be able to get it back together and, and do something at kansas i wanted him for the top 10 but i just didn't like his odds combined with his stats here so in the last 10 races he has one top 5 three top 10s his average finish Out of everybody is 14th. It's 16.8. But that's, you know, not great. One thing you got to consider, this is his home track. He's never won here. So he's got one last shot at it to, you know, really do something special and win at his home track. Now, if we flip it over to Jimmy Johnson, it's a little bit different. All right. Jimmy in his last 10 races here, two top fives, four top tens. That's pretty similar. Actually, his average finish is quite similar. 12th out of everyone uh 14.8 is the number for his average finish so those stats right there are pretty even with clint for the most part but the big one here driver rating between the two jimmy's driver rating is third out of everyone clint's is 14th all right not great and jimmy has three career wins here so clearly that driver rating was a lot of johnson earlier in his career when he had a lot more success so Going into it, I was thinking, you know what, Jimmy's got the stats here. I mean, he's he's got the history, he's got the stats, that's what I like. But, but, not so fast as Lee Corso would say on college game day, on mile and a half tracks, all right, Clint, his average finish this year in 2020 is 14th, Johnson is 19th, all right, they're only off by 1.8 percentage points, or average finish spots, rather, but Still, a pretty big difference when you're comparing the two. And if you look at them at Kansas in the last five races, head to head, Clint has a five nothing lead on Johnson, which is kind of crazy. And then on mile and a half this season, Clint has that matchup as well, five to four. So, and, and starting to fade, Johnson was recently. So, I changed my tune on this one. I'm going to go with Clint. And when I was thinking about it, it was really the the at Kansas in the last five races thing. That was a big deal. His mile-and-a-half stats, that was a big deal. But when I put the, the lens on it, approaching it from this week, right, Clint has been used to racing at a playoff caliber level more recently than Johnson. I know it would be great if Johnson goes out and snags one more win before his career is over. I get that. But I think Clint's in that same boat now, and Clint has been competing at a higher level. So I don't think he's able to shut that off very quickly. So I'm going to bank on that and I'm going to take Clint minus 115. These were even odds, by the way. So I'm going with Clint Boyer minus 115 over Johnson. Now I'm going to talk about the similar situation, but a different outcome. So it's Tyler Reddick minus 125 as the favorite versus Austin Dillon minus 106. So same type of deal. It's a matchup of RCR drivers. Austin recently cut from the playoffs, taking on somebody who's already been eliminated. But I think he has not. That last round, the first round, Austin took everybody like gangbusters. But last round, he kind of was off a little bit. So that's kind of the spoiler of where I'm heading with this one. But we'll start with Tyler Reddick. I mean, he's another one we touched on in the top 10 section. Only two starts here. Average finish for 11. Driver rating. We didn't touch on that earlier. Out of everybody at Kansas, he's 13th on the circuit. All right, ninth place finish, 13th place finish in his two starts. Mile and a half this season, he's 11th out of everyone for an average finish of 13.7. Really good numbers there for the young rookie in the eight car. Now, Austin Dillon, you know, we said he just got eliminated. You would think that he'd be up there. Um, but looking at his Kansas stats, two top tens in his last 10 races for an average finish of 17.5. So, no top tens for Austin since 2016. That is a staggering number there when we're looking at this track. His driver rating is 18th out of everyone on the circuit. So, not great numbers there. Now, mile and a half tracks, he has been pretty good. All right. Ninth out of everyone for a 13.0 average finish, which just barely beats out Tyler Reddick in that category. But Kansas, at that racetrack, Reddick has a 2-0 lead, and I think that Dillon, it's not the same as the Boyer situation. I don't think he was competing at uh, a higher level while he was in the playoffs last round. I think he was kind of drooping down, whereas reddick he's been doing his thing all year long, man. I, I really like what I'm seeing out of that guy, so mark me down for Tyler Reddick over Austin Dillon in this matchup at Kansas. I, I think he is going to get it done. Now, we'll end it with a really good matchup, strong drivers here, both eliminated from the playoffs, both made the playoffs, but were eliminated in subsequent rounds. Ryan Blaney, minus 134 versus Kyle Busch, plus 100. Now, I was surprised when I saw these odds. How do they make sense? All right, do they make sense? I'm not really sure. Ryan Blaney, let's start with him. Young Ryan Blaney, 10 races here, three top fives, five top tens for an average finish of 15.0. That's 13th out of everyone. Not great. Not good, but not bad. His driver rating is sixth. That's pretty good out of everyone on the circuit there. But he has had some rough finishes lately at Kansas, like some really bad ones. So when you turn it over then to compare him to Kyle Busch in his last 10 races, he has a win, six top fives, that's double Blaney, and eight top tens. Great stats right? Average finish is 8.2. That's good enough for third out of everyone. Driver rating, eighth. It's basically like lock and step for driver rating with Blaney there, and his average finish is way better. Now, the reason Blaney, I would imagine, is the favorite, because I'm trying to put my wrap my head around it. On mile and a half this year, Blaney is the best driver on the circuit as far as average finish is concerned. 7.1 is his average finish. Kyle is seventh out of everyone. So, you know, that has to be the reason why the books are putting Blaney ahead of Kyle. Unless it's his negative attitude. We're referring to, to Kyle. I mean, he was negative all throughout that last round of the playoffs. Pretty much the whole playoffs. So maybe they're putting a little emphasis on that. But getting back to the mile and a half stats here, Blaney has a 5-4 head-to-head lead this year in 2020 at mile and a half racetracks. But I think the thing is here, Blaney started really hot and he's starting to fade a little bit on these mile and a half. So if you look through the list, I've got an Excel spreadsheet with everything all in a row there. And he's starting to fade a little bit. Kyle has some better success recently on the mile and a half compared to Blaney head to head then at Kansas. Kyle in the last 5 races is 5 and 0 head to head against Blaney and in the last 10, 8 and 2 against Blaney. So, you know, the odds are what really drive me in one direction here seeing Kyle Bush is available at plus 100 just speaks to me I think that he is not satisfied even though he's eliminated from the playoffs he's still Kyle Bush he is upset anytime he doesn't win a race and he's looking at not being able to, to win a race all season something that's never happened mark me down to win this matchup I'm not even asking him to win the race just beat Ryan Blaney. So, mark me down. The underdog, Kyle Busch, plus 100 in the head-to-head. So, just to recap, going back to the top of the order here, Kurt Busch, minus 106, Clint Boyer, minus 115, Tyler Reddick, minus 125, and Kyle Busch, plus 100. It's how we're going to dominate this week's head-to-head matchups. I love it. So, we're going to finish off the podcast this week with a Phil's Fired Up, just breaking down the playoff action and kind of describing what I'm looking at this weekend as the race unfolds, because the playoff situation really makes it interesting, and especially when you narrow in on a certain set of drivers. Okay. Then I'm going to just get to some potential bets. That I think would make it fun especially this part of the season and how we may actually be able to get those to come to fruition so let's start by breaking down the playoffs all right we've got eight guys left and I think there is a way that you can make watching at Kansas this weekend a little bit more fun because I think in this round of the playoffs you're gonna have to expect something catastrophic to happen to one or two of the playoff drivers but let's just start by using some analysis some you know data driven conversation here and just say that the first two guys Harvick and Hamlin they have such a huge lead from the point situation you could almost consider them a lock for the championship just from points alone even if you know two other guys were to go out there the only way that both of those guys i think aren't making the championship is if three other drivers win these three races, which I think is going to be tough to do, to see happen. And, you know, looking at their point situation, I mean, they haven't had bad races. You talk about something catastrophic happening. They, either of those guys haven't finished outside of the top 30 all season long. So I think they are pretty much a given. Now you go to the bottom half, right? Bowman and Kyle, or excuse me. Oh, I think a lot of people would say Kyle Bush would think that earlier but no, we're talking Kurt Busch. So, the 88 and the 1. They're the furthest back and I think that if either one of those two guys were to make the championship for, it would be quite a shock, right? So, I'm not saying that I don't want that to happen. I'm a big fan of underdogs and long shots, right? I was the guy that took Ryan Blaney to win the championship right before Bristol, the cutoff race, because there was the the longest odds to win the title. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. But for the sake of this conversation, let's kind of count those guys out because they are the fly in your whiskey glass or whatever you want to say, right? They're not supposed to really be there. So that's where my head is going, right? Because that leaves us four guys that are right on that cut line. So it's Kozlowski and Elliott at the good part of the cut line, and then you have Truex and Logano below the cut line. And those four guys are who I am watching specifically this weekend as a fan, right? Take gambling out of it for a quick second. I am going to be obsessed with those four guys because that is going to be a very jumbled up situation for the next Three races, really. Who of those four guys is going to either step up and do something great or fumble? That is the question. So I think right now, if I'm NASCAR, I kind of want the playoffs to end or the the championship four to be set with the standings how they are right now. Because you have Hamlin, Harvick, and then Kozlowski and Elliott. Why do I say that? because those are the guys with multiple wins this year, right? Logano and and Truex and the other two guys, Bowman and and Bush, they all have single wins this year, and they haven't really been good for a very long time. I'm talking more specifically about Truex and Logano, compared to Elliott and Kozlowski. I mean, those guys have multiple wins, and they're winning a little bit more recently. So the other factor is if you're NASCAR, You want the most possible teams in the championship four because that draws more eyes to the championship race. Because if you're a fan of Blaney, you know, you might watch it because you might be just a true fan of Penske overall. So you're watching to see Kozlowski. So if those top four guys currently are all in, they're representing four separate teams. So I think that would be the way NASCAR would want it to play out. And honestly, as a fan, I mean, I... I, That's what I would want to see. I mean, I really want to see Chase in a championship round. I mean, his fans have been, you know, dying for it. He's been choking in the round of eight for a little while now. And I think it'd be nice to see his championship, you know, contention birth there this year. And then Kieslowski, I'm really anxious to see them get to Phoenix because they are dying to use that race car that they had won with a few times this year, they've got it locked and loaded if they make that championship. So I think that matchup, that four-way matchup would be phenomenal. But who is going to play spoiler, right? Who is going to choke because Elliott has done so in grand fashion in these last three rounds before the championship or races before the championship. So who's going to fumble? It's going to be very interesting. So when you're focused on that set of four drivers, It really makes things interesting and it makes you kind of happy that this is the way the playoff system is actually set up because there's a a lot of drama created around this. But now let's transition to kind of talk about more of the gambling perspective. And we always talk about bets that we'd like to see on this podcast when they become available. And I might have mentioned this last year at some point, but... I have to say it again because this is the perfect time of year, these three races, where there should be a bet out there where you can bet who's going to win the race a playoff driver or a non playoff driver. Because up until now, you know, it's really 100% of the time going to be a, a playoff driver that's winning, but there's only eight guys left. And there are some pretty heavy contending guys that could snatch a win here late in the season. So I think that bet is a must. I think the sports books overall should be taking advantage of the fact that there are playoff drivers and there are ways that you can kind of create bets along the way. That being the most easy one of them. But another one that I think would be really fun to bet on but also break down in a conversation, just shooting the shit with your friends or on this podcast, whatever, over under how many playoff drivers finish in the top 10. I think that's a cool bet, right? Eight guys left. And what would be really cool, so I'd say the line would probably be set at like four and a half, right? You'd probably say like half of them plus a hook. So four and a half would be a really cool line. See how many playoff drivers finishing the top 10. I would bet on that every time. And another cool thing, if you want to take it to the next level, right? You talk about degenerate stuff. Cousin Greg, he bets on soccer, okay? And he is able to manipulate the over-under, or they, at least they give him the options. How many different options you want to take total goals in the game? And he'll See the options out there like 0.5, 1.5, 2.5, bring it all the way up. You should have that ability too. In NASCAR, how many playoff drivers are going to finish in the top 10? 1.5. Okay, well, if you're going to take the over on that, it's going to be astronomical. But say it's 7.5, right? You're going to say that all eight of them are going to make the top 10? That's going to be a huge long shot. So I love that concept of being able to like mix and match and choose your own poison type of deal when it comes to the the over-unders. So, very cool. And honestly, I mean, they, they should have that for the whole playoffs. As soon as the playoffs are set, right? Sportsbooks should be all over that because if there's 16 drivers, now those over-unders are going to get really wonky and those lines are going to get really wonky. How do the sportsbooks, you know, set those? It'd be really fun to kind of keep track of. Just another metric or another stat to follow along as the playoffs unfold. And um, I for one, see a potential for stuff like that to get done. So the way I see that happening is as these sports books open, we talked about, you know, breaking down the different sports books a few episodes back, but I see potential in stuff like Barstool Sportsbook, because as these guys come on the scene, they're going to have to start doing stuff that separates them from the other standard sports books. So they're gonna be offering different types of bets. And I've seen it already with Barstool. They they create their own custom bets. For example, they're big college football guys, right? So they created a bet, their personalities on Barstool, the, the big names. They created a bet called The Vern, which is a tribute to an old broadcaster on CVS. He's one of the best, but it's the over-under point scored for all SEC football games on Saturdays, right? So all SEC games, I mean, that's just such a degenerate bet, but those guys created that and now it's an option on their book. So if you get people like us, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you care about it a little bit. If you're commenting on, you know, people like that, the the Barstool Big Cats or the Prezes, you know, those people of the world. Those are the guys. And I'm not not—I'm using Barstool as an example here, but it could be the next big sports book that opens up. There is potential. I'm, I'm seeing a window. So if we're loud about it, we might be able to make some change down the road. I don't think this kind of stuff is going to change for the end of the season, unfortunately. But come Daytona next year, maybe there'll be some new options out there if we're loud enough. So custom bets. I think these books can make it happen as they try to separate themselves from the rest of the crowd. And that would just be even better for us. So cross your fingers. We'll see how things shake out. Daytona 500 2021. Well, that's going to be the checkered flag on another episode of Full Tank with Phil. Thanks for listening. Remember, follow us at Full Tank Phil on Instagram. Let me know what your picks are. Let me know why I'm wrong. We could talk about it and keep your eyes peeled for that lottery parlay as we come up this weekend for Kansas Speedway. It'll be a good one kicking off the final round of the playoffs. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Darling, hell no place to go. Have mm-hmm. <laughs> no place to go
1: <laughs> Goodbye